You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, a brand new Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty in Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices and storylines of your favorite players, as well as your favorite coaches multiple times a week. We also have some fun mini-sodes after practices and for morning skates, so be sure to do yourself a favor, download that Odyssey app. Turn on that auto download button so that you have all of those brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you. You can also stream Pucks and Bolts on any of your favorite streaming platforms. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell, and we are so glad to be chatting with you guys again. It's been some time, but I have been running around the country. And my co-host has been so gracious as to bear with me um, as I get my life together here, trying to figure out how to read signs and catch trains. But not running around (laughs) this country, we should say. Running around all of Europe. You're doing Paris and London. You're like the world travel over there. And still making time to catch up on lightning hockey and, of course, talk about it on pucks and bolts to you guys. So, Casey, I hope that you've been having so much fun and eating a lot of really good food for us um, because – I know I'm a little jealous of your (laughs) travels and all your adventures, uh, but super happy that you're having so much fun over there. Casey, we have to get into everything that's going on. And first of all, let's get into it with the breakout. Um, And I'm going to start the breakout with some pretty good news, which is that Steven Stamkos On the overtime game winner, which we're going to get into the game against the Dallas Stars and how crazy it was in the overtime game. But on the overtime game winner, Steven Stamkos got his 500th career assist. Super happy for him. Super happy that um, he's been, you know, just like balling out on the ice this year. So Mm -hmm. uh, Steven Stamkos just he was able to feed the pass to um, to Alex Kalorn for that overtime goal. And they thought people thought that he had got it on like a previous goal, but they must've like changed the um, they changed like the scoring. They, they mm-hmm. took the assist away from him. Um, but then of course, because it's Steven Stamkos, he gets his 500th career um assist and he said after the game he said you know it's really cool to do it you know especially at home in a win you always like he yeah Sam Coast has had some bad luck and in, in getting these like really cool milestones <laughs> never at home that's such a good point you know, never at home or like on a loss it's kind of just like a, it's like cool I did this but we lost but. you know <laughs> so he got it on a win and he got it at home, 500 career assists. Um, really, really great for him. So, um, yeah. And he did something really funny after, too. He yeah. said, everyone, uh, I, I don't remember what the 
question was, but his response was, well, this is even more interesting because everyone thinks that I'm just a shooter and I get basically that he gets no credit for assists and he's at 500 assists in his career. Yeah, so it's, exactly. it's interesting to see how players can get so categorized. And we talk about this so much here on Pucks and Bolts too, because like with Nikita Kucherov, and if you're not seeing certain things every single game, you count out these players that are putting in so much work. Not that Stammer gets counted out, but he hasn't really scored a power play power play goal in a minute and has, you know, done the one-timer in a minute. So it's kind of been like, oh, where's Stammer been? Well, loading up on assists, if you were curious. So 500 is massive, and that was so exciting, and I'm sure that was just as electrifying at home in an overtime win of all things. Like, the energy yeah. is high, and the, the atmosphere is tense because you don't know who's going to get it. And to do it with Killer, too, I think is very poetic. Yeah, definitely poetic to do it with Killer, um, two of – the, the guys who have been on the lightning and with the team the longest. And in fact, Steven Samkos, to that point, Casey, he has six assists in his last six games. Now that was going into last night's game. So now it's seven assists in his last seven games. Um, so Steven Samkos, he is not just a shooter. He does have a really <laughs> great shot, but he can do more than that. He can facilitate plays. Um, and you saw him last night on the ice working really hard. He he did he, he put in some stuff last night. Uh, not only did he get a goal, um, mm-hmm. which was, was his eighth goal um, of the season, but he also did um, get that that assist as well. So really happy for him there. A few other quick notes um, is that uh, on kind of more of a, a downer, uh, both. Eric Chernak and Cal Foot are still day to day with lower body injuries. They were not in the game last night. And um, when I did see Eric Chernak walking into the arena, he he still seemed like there was something um, in his lower body that was still bothering him. He wasn't walking exactly normal. So, um, you know, just waiting on them to feel healthy. I know the training staff is doing everything that they can. Um, we're going to get those again. We're some of those a little bit Casey, but first we have to get into last night's game. A really fantastic win over the Stars in overtime, five four, and this was kind of a back and forth game. And I'm sure that there were parts of it that the Lightning were frustrated with themselves because they come mm-hmm. out with a strong uh, goal in in the opening period get on the get on the board first um and there was a lot of special teams going on in this game um both three of the goals that dallas scored which it's kind of like you know the the thing that has been the story over the last few games which but they scored two power play goals and one shorthanded goal. So three goals came on special teams for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, three of their four goals. Um, so this team was playing well at even strength, but um, still not performing the way that they need to perform, the way that they can perform mm-hmm. uh, special teams. Um, and it's both the penalty kill. It, it, we saw the penalty kill just the other day, and it was Do so well. Was they, they they shut things down? They did so well. There was some like slipping late in the game, which again we're going to get into. But they were really able to shut things down. So the fact that the the stars were co- able to come out and 
get two power play goals on the lightning within the first two periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little bit frustrating for them, um, especially because those goals, both of those power play goals tied the game up. Um, yeah. The lightning like came back and they responded well, and then the stars tie it up and then they respond well, and then the stars tie it up. So a little bit frustrating from that perspective there. Um, mm-hmm just because that special teams has been something that the lightning have been focusing on and really wanting to see better from themselves about. And that didn't exactly happen in this game, Casey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, absolutely. And the hard part about it, too, where you make a good point to say where they might be disappointed in themselves isn't only the special teams thing after coming off of a way better special teams performance Sunday, knowing that that was becoming a short and a big issue of theirs. But it's the fact that we talk about this team setting a tone. We talk about how important that is for them to maximize off of setting a tone. They set a tone having the first goal of the game really early in the game, too, Um they're one of the top teams to have those under two minute scoring options in the first period. And it was even more electrifying because who gets on the board? Ross Colton assisted by Nemestikov and then followed by Myers, who we know is having a bit of a defensive competition back there when there is a little bit more depth. So it was a bright spot to see because it wasn't the typical guys who have been scoring and you're seeing some opportunity start to come to life back there with the deep pairings, even with the absence of Chernak and, and footy there. So that would be exciting. You know, that this stuff resurges the guys on the bench, this give and go has been a big thing of the bolt season so far this year. Every time they get on the board, they kind of let up and allow it to get tied off. There's been so many tying points in these games this entire season so far. So definitely something that I know that they want to avoid because coach Cooper said it, he doesn't like when the team is able to get anywhere close to three goals. Then you got Brian Elliott in the net doing so well, um, which is great because you want to know that you have a quality netminder behind Bassey once you start getting into those tough parts of the season um, and even bounce back from getting roughed up last night. I think he got hit with a stick in the eye and still was able to get sorted throughout the game and come back and help these guys win. Um, so a lot of points that kind of, or flustering points, you know, there's some there, they do something well, and then they kind of fall short very minorly I would say but it feels significant to them because of the standard that they hold themselves to so yeah to have Colton open tie it off Paul get a goal and it's exciting for Nick Paul's goal because what is it special teams power play goal that he gets so then you think that they have a chance to get back on the right track with the power play and then turns around and lets up two goals for Dallas after that what I will say that I liked about last night's game even though it was a wave of good things and some let's work on these things in practice I'm sure coach Cooper will be all over that it's the fact that they keep doing this weird tilt where in the beginning of the season it was like they let up in the third period then they started making comebacks in the third period then it wasn't the strongest second period and yesterday I would say was probably one of their better second period performances um with 
their ability to, I think they were 14 to 10 with shots on goal in comparison, where Dallas kind of managed that shots on goal or really kept them on their toes there first period and uh, third period. And then second period for them to manage that and have better face-off percentage, I think helped get them motivated to have a strong third period and well-prepared for that overtime. If there's a team that likes overtime, I swear it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, they they definitely do well in overtime, and they have a lot of overtime games. Uh, Casey, I don't disagree with you often, but I Ooh. but I might disagree with you a little bit. I wasn't overly impressed with their second period performance. I I, I kind of thought that that was the period that that did them in a little bit, having two back-to-back goals, one a power play goal, and then one of that even strength goal. It was the first time that the Stars were able to actually take the lead in the game in the second period uh, after Paul came out and and put the lightning ahead. Then um, the Stars even it up, and then the Stars took the lead. Um, I didn't I didn't like that the lightning went from having the lead. It's like mm-hmm. if you tie it up, I don't love that, but okay. But they went from having the lead in the first and in the second to then giving up the lead to the Stars. Um, And something else that I I just wasn't impressed with is, and and I've I've sung their praises, so the fact that I'm saying this is, like, you got to take it into account. But (laughs) it's the top line. Um, You know, you look at every single one of our top line guys, and I think they all have a minus two, uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Hinkle, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov. And that's because, you know, they weren't playing defensively stout the way that they need to play. There was a point at the end of the game in overtime specifically where Nikita Kucherov was getting like way too cute and gave up a turnover and it was a three on one. And Victor Hedman is literally the only reason that the (laughs) Dallas didn't come back and score because they would have, they would have scored right there. Um, I certainly believe it, but Victor Hedman put his body on the line um, in, in probably one of the most incredible defensive plays of the Mm -hmm. game um, in doing that, but not overly impressed by this top line last night. They, they uh, allowed some goals against, Um, Mm -hmm. they didn't have any goals themselves and that's that's really hard from your top line. The fact that you're not producing and on top of not producing, which they have been producing in general, but last night they mm-hmm. didn't. And then on top of not producing, you're allowing goals. That's that's like a no go for me. That is um, the top line. They 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 were doing really well, but they need to kind of pick things up a little bit because I was not impressed with that. <laughs> got a little sleepy for you. Yeah, that was that was really frustrating because I expect more of that of them, and mm-hmm. I see their praises here often. And so right. the fact that they that they allowed to uh, allowed a goal against that minus two, you know, um, mm-hmm. is what they landed at. Uh, I didn't love that, and I, and I yeah. thought in some ways they really you know, let their team down five on five. Um, I don't think that they defended well. I don't think that they were forechecking well. Um, they were getting a little too cute and things that the lightning know that they don't need to do. They were falling back into some of those old patterns. Um, and so 
while I think overall the five on five game was okay and it was pretty good and, and everything was going good. I do think that that top line really wanting them to step up um, a little bit more defensively. They, this team expects a lot from their top line as they should. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, I didn't like their performance out on the ice last night. Yeah. Well, the unfortunate part about that and great observation too, is the fact that, you know, when we've talked with the guys in pre- after practice and stuff about what's going to help this five on five go to the next level and get that much more consistent, uh, especially incorporating other lines, they said some players need to stop doing too much. They need mm-hmm. to stop doing the most. And so it's interesting to think that your leading line is going to come in and perform that way when they're in a position to start continuing to add to that win column. But, um, you know, it can't always be the first lines night every night. I'm sure at some point they were like, look, we've been carrying this season so far. It's, it's somebody else's turn. And while it was nice to see Ross Colton get on the board, it was, it was the second lines night last night. Um, oh, for sure. And so I think where that helps them, and maybe I'm being overly positive because I'm filled up on croissants and chocolate, but for <laughs> me, where I think that's helpful is that I think sometimes the lightning go through these, these little phases where each line kind of has their night or their consistency, yeah. their, their time frame, And then eventually they start putting it all together to where it's not just one line's night, but all the lines truly do get involved. Um, and I guess that's where my bright spot was with the second period, but you're right. It's terrible mm-hmm. to give up a lead. Um, I just look for those moments in the game that they can use to translate that energy or that spark. So when special teams is an issue and they need to build on that and Nick Paul can get a power play goal, I gave that a lot of credit, but it was just great to see, you know, Nick Paul and Steven Samkos and Alex Kalorn be so involved in last night's game and last night's success. Um, you know, the biggest thing being killer having what through two assists and then the overtime goal. And we know that he builds off of that night. Yeah. Yeah. He builds off of performances like this and you mentioned it. I think you even got a chance to talk to him about it and to see him do that last night and to see the teams that they're about to face down the way. I think that this is a great point for Killorn to be really feeling himself and to feel like he's a massive contributor to this team because it's just going to build from there. They've got Calgary, which is going to be tough. They've got Boston coming up, which is, especially in division, extremely, extremely tense. And then some of the other teams after that, St. Louis Blues. And then there's teams that they're facing where some of these guys have, it's their former teams or teams that are part of their identity as skaters. So definitely agree. Not the cutest, well, cute in a different way for the top line. <laughs> but you would, help that, you would hope that that makes them come back um, with a fire underneath them. Or maybe next game we see first and second line kind of feed off of each other a little bit more. But Proud to see the second line get that much more involved. And then there was that line switch too. Quick little Cooper Cooper shuffle conversation. It was moving um, Perry off of Maroon's line and moving him up to the third line with Ross Colton and Domestikoff, I believe. And so that happened Wednesday. No, not Wednesday. Today's – I don't know what day, today is, guys. Um, Sunday. I believe that happened. So, yeah, it's Colton Domestikoff and Perry on the third line, Maroon Belly. And then the new kid who got his first NHL goal, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, yeah, so those little shifts that we're seeing that are still happening, it's, you know, it's kind of one person and it's helping to generate more of an offense for this team. So between the shots on goal, uh, them rallying shots on goal versus a tough Stars team in the second period is it was something else that I found really good for them. But um, you're right. 
you got to call these guys out, Kaylee, because when you do, something happens. And I'm pretty sure before this episode, the last episode of Pucks and Bolts, you named Ross Colton to step up. Yeah, and, and call. I think I called them yeah. both out, and, uh, and that is exactly what they're doing. Casey, I have to point out one more fatal flaw in this team. Let them have it. It's the shorthanded goals. It has to stop. They know that it has oh to my stop. Gosh. They're disappointed by it. But they're the team in the NHL who has given up the most shorthanded goals this season. I think that it's, yeah, I think they're at five the now. Shorthanded goal. So that's and why I thought that the third period was the worst. That's the, and I then that totally that makes just, sense. I get that because if this bleeds. special team's shorthanded goal, you just can't allow that to happen. You can't, mm -mm. if you're not scoring on the power play, I don't love you it, but it's going to gonna come. You cannot. Right. Like, Steven Samkos literally said this to us. It is rock bottom whenever mm -hmm. not only are you not scoring goals, but now you're giving up goals. That's when you know that the special teams has hit rock bottom and yep. they continue to give up shorthanded goals. Now, the Lightning do have the day off today before they take on the Flames tomorrow on thursday imagine that they will have some type of practice even if it's quick on friday mm -hmm. before they head up to nashville because that's a pretty quick flight where they'll see uh ryan mcdonough up in nashville uh and then have a few more home games next week but casey this is something that they have to get under control because yeah. teams are going to continue to take advantage of it if they know that that's a weakness so uh, you know what at the end of the day if you can't if you can't score, that's fine. Defend well. Right. You have an mm -hmm. extra man out there on the ice. There is no reason. There is no reason. And it's not like you had terrible face-offs. It's like, you know, you look mm -hmm. at the face-off percentage on the power play, and it's like it wasn't bad. The, the Lightning had control of the puck for the majority of the time. Uh, they won. They were 51% in face-offs. So mm -hmm. this isn't a matter of like, oh, you just give up the puck. It this is you need to get it together. Go out there and be cute. You have to when you're on the power play. Yes, the goal is to score, but like also the goal is to not give up a shorthanded goal. So yeah. be better. Like you have to be better in that. Oh yeah, in so many ways. Because the biggest thing that I've noticed with the power play opportunities is while they're setting up, they're having such issues with clean passing lanes. Mm. It's just almost, it's almost this very dismissive way of passing, just assuming that the puck's going to get to your player stick because that's what you're doing as if a team's not trying to purposely keep you from, from achieving that goal. So I've seen so many bad passes on the power play that have led to the team getting a breakaway and, and getting on a, on a solid point of attack and then capitalizing on it. Shorthanded goals feel terrible. It's you're 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 at an advantage. You're being handed an opportunity to, to score a goal here and you give it to the other team. That's where I would be the most frustrated. That's the last category that I want to be sitting high in. And you can tell that it weighs heavily on these guys, but I don't know what it's going to take for the passing to get better. Yeah. We saw in a practice weeks ago, Coach Cooper really nailing in the fact that they need to communicate. So sometimes I don't know if it's getting a little too silent on the ice there because of assumptions, but there it feels like two things that are very fixable. It's just frustrating to think that we're this at this point of the season and it's continuing to stack up. Um and 
your fifth shorthanded goal. I mean, it's still fresh in and you shouldn't have that much of an, op you shouldn't be giving that much of an opportunity to your opponents. And why that scares me, as you just mentioned, they may or may not have a small practice or an optional morning skate tomorrow, but that terrifies me because when they face Calgary, you're talking about a team that's going to, yeah, if a team like that knows that you're giving up shorthanded goals, they're going to come in and try to get one. And they got a couple guys on that roster that could probably do it. So that's the biggest thing. And I'm so glad that you gave them hell for that because they need to, they got to fix it. They got to fix it. Kaylee said, fix it. Bolts, so fix it. They do need to fix it. Okay, Casey, I'm going to mention one more stat and then we're going to zoom out. Looking at the mm -hmm. last three games as a whole, what the Lightning have progressed in, what they're getting better at, and what are still some short for this team. The last thing I'm going to look at, and it's exactly to the point that you just made about it, they had 19 giveaways last night. And a lot of those are because of errors on passing, silly little errors on passing. Uh, they were one for five in the power play and not only just one for five, handed goal so special teams does need to get better it's continuing to be point of emphasis mm -hmm. staff. and for these this lightning team i'm i'm calling them out and they don't know the players call themselves out as well you talk to pat maroon and he'll say our special team sucked like we did we didn't do this oh. right and they, so casey kind of knowing that going into the last three games so the Lightning lost to the Capitals in that loss. Very physical game. They played away. Um, really frustrating for this Lightning team because of some of the hits that happened in that game. That's actually where Cal Foote went mm -hmm. down and got hurt. And the same for Eric Chernak. John Cooper after the game um, and even days after specifically said that they were not happy about the way that the hit went about with footer and um, yeah. they were not happy about what happened in that game. Um, that was really frustrating to this team. And you saw this team come out after that five to one loss. It was kind of an embarrassing loss Very. to the Capitals. They came out with a little bit of vengeance, a little bit of bite in mm -hmm. them on the Sunday's game when they played the Capitals again. But Casey, even though they played well, in that Sunday game, got the win 6-3. They were still unimpressed with their performance late in the game. I remember Pat Maroon saying after the fact that we cannot, you know, the last three minutes of this game, we basically give just them a chance. Play. Yeah, mm -hmm. we gave them way too many chances. They scored two goals mm -hmm. instead of it being uh, a 6-1 game which kind of like would have been a little bit of retribution, like absolutely one more than the Capitals. <laughs> you you go and you let them score two goals late in the game. Now it's six, three. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't feel good, especially whenever the Capitals, what they just did to you guys on Friday, what they did to footer. Um, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. You wanted, you wanted a better win than that. They expected better of themselves. So kind of taking a holistic look at the last few games, noticing some patterns. I think that mm -hmm. special teams is easy to see and easy to notice as a pattern, even though I will say in their win on Sunday, special teams, specifically 
the penalty kill was probably the best that I've seen it. And mm-hmm. I want to say specifically in the second period, I was very impressed with the way that the Lightning played with the lead in the second period. They were defending well. They were forechecking. They were moving the puck. Um, they they were really, really playing a very solid game because in the first period, they, you know, they go out, they put up four goals, uh, which you love to see. Um, and yeah. they came in the second period and they really defended well. Mm-hmm. But Casey, aside from that game, still struggling with special teams um, quite a bit. Yeah. And in, it was encouraging there for a second to see the second period that they had and how penalty, 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 their penalty kill uh, managed, especially versus Washington in that second matchup, because a huge part of that penalty kill success is Eric Chernak. So when you mm-hmm. can see that a team can rally together when you're losing a guy who has leads and hits on the team and makes such an impact defensively, then it makes you think, okay, letting into the next matchup here, they'll be able to carry that momentum and be a yeah. little bit more consistent. But yeah, you're right. They're just really lacking consistency when it comes to their special teams effort here. I mean, kind of touching back to Friday's messy game. There was a lot of shorthanded opportunities that they gave up there. I remember sitting there watching the game and taking notes and just writing bad pass, bad pass, bad pass, communication seemed off, bad pass. There was four, maybe five shorthanded opportunities. And then that second period where, you know, majors coming in, they've got to be disciplined. We talked about that a couple episodes ago, leading specifically into one matchup, but they've got to kind of put that across the board. If there is a team that, you know, is going to get under your skin or I respect the hell out of Pat Maroon for defending his teammate. That's, that's kind of Pat's role. Pat is that enforcer who's going to make you pay for messing with his teammates in the same sense. At some point, you've got to be a little bit more disciplined and reel it in because the amount of penalties that they racked up in that first game, if you're going to sit there and rack up a bunch of penalties and put your team in special team positions and not be able to manage in special teams or capitalize in special teams, then you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage and not utilizing your best asset being five on five right now. So my biggest takeaway from Friday to Sunday to yesterday is I feel like the penalties are kind of racking up a bit. I feel like they're easily getting dis- disrupted and, and pushed out of a discipline pattern. And I would like to see them kind of reel in that discipline because I've seen Coach Cooper acknowledge that before um, in the past two seasons where he's like, all right, we we really now have to reel in the penalties. It's great to defend your teammate. That should be a two-minute situation, but we can't come out of a game with 10 minutes in the box and – six power play opportunities or give a team six power play opportunities. The power play numbers have just been a little too high over the, over the last two weeks for me, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, no. And you paint a very good picture overall because Casey, whenever you look at the the game against the Capitals specifically, both Mm -hmm. teams had like between those two games, both teams had over 60 minutes worth of penalties. That's a whole game. Yeah, between those two games, they had that is an entire game worth of penalty minutes. So like mm-hmm. it is it is absurd how many penalties there were in in those two games. Um and so you hit the nail on the head. I think not only is it about managing special teams better and playing a little bit better and more soundly, but it's also about like don't put yourself in a position where you have to go to the box if you don't need to. Right. I, I get it. Yes. I did not like some of those hits and I did not like what happened um, on Friday against the Capitals. Mm -hmm. It frustrated me 
And I know that it frustrated the team. Again, John Cooper even talked about it. But you can't, like, Footer wouldn't want you to put the team in a bad position because of him. So, you know, you have to take, you have to take it holistically. And Mm -hmm. yes, there's, there's the reality of like putting guys in their place and and saying like, you're not going to, you're not going to hit my team this way. But there's also the reality of like putting your team in the best position to win. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's exactly what happened uh, in those two games. So um, yeah, overall special teams needs to get better. The, the, Something else that I, I noticed kind of like overarching is if a team does go and, and, and play overly physical, mm-hmm. the Lightning are having a little bit of trouble. Like the, oh, yeah. The, and we haven't necessarily seen that before um, over the last two years because they had bigger guys, physical guys that would be able to step up and do things. But they, they, you know, lost some of that with, you know, losing Ryan McDonough with, with, you know, Yanni Gord, who was a guy, maybe not a big guy, but he was a guy that would go out. And he was a chippy fight. guy. He was a chippy mm-hmm. guy. Exactly. And now you have a roster that is talented and skates fast and can do those things, but it's not as physical as it has been in years past. And so you have to think about that. You're, mm-hmm. you're not matched up physically in the same way against some of these teams. And I don't think changing your game to play this physical type of game is the way to go. You want them to play your game because it they forces them out of their structure. Exactly. Yeah. They can't handle your speed. They can't handle the style of game that you play. So there has to be a balance. I'm not saying there needs to be no physicality, but know your strengths. And right now there are teams that have more of a strength and physicality than you do. So don't play into that. Don't, don't. I'm really glad that you mentioned this, Kaylee, because something that jumped to my attention here is Oh, you pulled this so timely because the physicality portion of it that ends up forcing them in in special teams situations, the last four games after they would come off of a special teams play more than likely their own power play, the other team would pull together so quickly and almost have four out of five breakout opportunities or breakaway opportunities. Friday being a perfect example, as soon as they wrapped up a power play, they unsuccessfully allowed a breakaway and the capital scored on it. So mm-hmm. they, they, I think that they mentally work against themselves also with the special teams issue. You know, special teams isn't the strong suit at the moment. You keep putting yourself in, in special team situations, the physicality element of it, either you being undisciplined or you allowing somebody to push you out of your structure or you guys get lucky and end up on the power play yourself. But as soon as they get out of that special teams situation, their mindsets are are not there. The focus isn't there. The discipline isn't there. And they allow things to happen. So the other team, the opponents tend to generate a good offensive opportunity after almost every special team situation or circumstance with the lightning. And it does start with that physicality. They've been getting a little too roped into the physical, the physical element of the game versus staying within their structure. Yeah, I 100% agree. So overall, the things that the Lightning need to get better at uh, and, and that I would like to see them improve on over the next few games, um, because there there are a, quite a few games up until, you know, like just after Thanksgiving, um, 
although the lightning only have two games next week so they're it's a monday friday they'll have they'll they'll be able to spend the day usually they go over to to somebody's house zach bogosian hosted last year and made this big turkey and some yeah. of the guys kind of bring the canadian guys into celebrating thanksgiving with them um so bogo <laughs> bogo bogo usually hosts and he did that last year um, so I would imagine that they'll do some type of thing again. We'll we'll be sure to ask them about it and report back to you guys on Pucks and Bolts. So be sure to follow us at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Uh, but Casey, kind of overarching thinking about what we what the what the Lightning need to do, and not to steal your thunder with any type of keys here, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Lightning really need to they they need to hone down and and get better and more efficient with their passes, not mm-hmm. sloppy passes. They need to step up in special teams, defend well, defend mm-hmm. better on that power play. We know that they can shut down. They just have to do it and then not play into the physicality. Um, and then knowing those things, that those are patterns that the Lightning have fallen into and that they need to get away from, let's co- go on into this storm surge as the Lightning will take on Calgary tomorrow. Oof. Calgary is going to be a tough matchup for these guys. It's going to be exciting. We always love to see a former player, and this one hurt. I was I physically hurt to see Blake Coleman oh, leave this God. roster because he was a part of that electric third line. Um, mm-hmm. That just that third line was such a tone setter for this team and for Bolts fans. You loved watching them play. You loved how they contributed. You knew that they were the guys rallying people up on the bench. I mean, this was a line that kept these guys' head in every single game, no matter the circumstances or the scoreboard. So seeing Blake Coleman back, uh, not in a Bolts uniform, and I know it's been a minute, guys, but still is always a tough one for me. And he, of course, is a, a big contributor to a lot of the success that the Flames are having. The Flames were on a great little playoff run there. The first thing I will say in this storm watch is that here comes another high-scoring team. And mm-hmm. if they don't manage how the shots happen, if they don't manage that first period, if they don't come out strong and not let up in the first, then this is a team that they're going to be uh, chasing. Honestly, they're coming off of a, of a big win from LA. And so the, the Los Angeles Kings were in a four-game winning streak and Calgary just blew that for them. And not only did they blow it for them, but they came in and loaded up the points and held them off and defended up until the third period. So if there's something... There's a bright spot here that the Bolts can look at and say, okay, we can kind of uh, expose that. It's the fact that because they're such high energy in those first two periods, they do kind of let off a little bit in that third period. If they can have a really nice balanced attack here and have a game plan to stay within their structure, first period, second period, third period, third period, they can really kind of give it to them. But they have to make sure that they don't come into this and make mistakes, turnovers, the passing that we've talked about here um, for the overarching perspective of where the bolts are right now in the season, the passing lanes are going to have to be so clean. The communication is going to have to be very high. And one guy that they're going to see too, that's going to well, be a pain in their butt is uh, Kadari. He was on that avalanche roster when the Avs beat them in the Stanley cup final. And he was the unsung hero came off of this injury. Nobody knew what his playing time was going to look like. Nobody knew what lines he was really going to function with. And he ended up sealing the deal for the abs to hoist the Stanley cup. So to see him with this uh, offensively strong Calgary team is going to be something very interesting to see. I wish I was going to be at that game. I had it circled on my calendar, even though I'm, I'm pretty nervous about it. 
Yeah, it's going to be a great game. And Calgary is a team that is, they they want to win now. They've made mm-hmm. moves in this offseason, specifically picking up Jonathan uh, Huberto. Um, yeah. And they did that. And then not only did they get him from the Panthers, but they then signed him to an eight-year deal. They yeah. want to win now. And they really do believe it's their time. But this Calgary team... What you said, Casey, is so important because they're clicking. They're finally starting to click. They're they're seven and six, um, so it's not like they have the best record, but mm-hmm. they're finally starting to click, which is the most important thing for them because they did have some new guys. They had some shuffling around, and there's always a little bit of a feeling it out time. Yeah, I was in the feeling it out time. And I think that they're starting to move past it. Their team is starting to click together. The lines are starting to click. They're starting to really understand themselves. And that Mm -hmm. means they're going to be on the up and up. And that is scary for this Tampa Bay Lightning team uh, because Calgary is a strong team. And a guy that that I, you know, as we get into some of these problematic players, that's going to be my guy. You have Mm -hmm. seen Jonathan Huberto. You know his playing style. You know how tough he is to to face because you faced him, you know, lightning whenever he was in South Florida, very frequently. This is a guy that is, is frankly pissed off that he was traded. He, he didn't want to get traded. He, specifically, no, he thought that they were going to keep him. He specifically said that he, he felt like he showed the Panthers respect and that he thinks that he deserved more. So this mm-hmm. is a guy with a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove the Panthers wrong. He wants to go out there and show them that they can win and that they can win now. And he wants to do it with the flames. He's yep. very excited to be on this roster. And so he's going to come out and what better way to show that you're a team that needs to be watched than beat the team that has two back-to-back championships and was in the Stanley cup final this past year. He's going to want to go out and he's going to want to come at your throats and he's going to want to really get you out of your structure. He knows this team. Well, he knows what gets under their skin. He's going to try to push their buttons out there on the ice and you can't play into it. But Jonathan Huberto, he's a guy that you have to, you have to keep your eye on him. Um, You know, as you look what he's done this season, it, he's he's clicking. He's he's finding his way, um, and he's clicking with this team. He's had a few different lines that he's played on, um, but they're starting to figure it out. And so he's a dangerous player, um, and you're going to want to to keep your eye out on him. Oh my gosh, absolutely! And it's funny because he's the one who, in an interview, said exactly what you're saying. Not only is this team starting to click, but all lines are getting involved. So the line changes they have made, they have found that sweet spot that they feel like they could be successful in. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's a dangerous thing kind of leading back to what they can do to a team early on. I mean, I think in within their first 13 shots on goal, they converted five of those into goals. So they're very good with their accuracy and making those shots land. And while Jonathan is there, it's going to be, um, Kadari, as as my problematic player, my top problematic player, seven goals or seven goals, seven assists, 14 points. The biggest thing with Kadari is that once he is in a scoring chance there, once he is pressing the ice to create that opportunity and set up his line, his line doesn't have the biggest chance of getting back into uh, their D zone and defending off any kind of goals there. So if there is a rush 
and the lightning defended off well they have to get on the counterattack very quickly because they could execute versus this calgary team but it's kadari leading this team right now and you talk about players who have something to prove to their former team he thought the Avs were going to keep him around, especially mm -hmm. after being such a successful key piece to them hoisting the Stanley Cup and bouncing back from this injury that nobody knew if he was going to play hockey last year at all, um, even to the top of this season. So now with that, that, that ego burst that he has with that chip on his shoulder and doing it with a team like Calgary, he's really feeling good about himself. And slightly be below him is Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli has six goals, seven assists, 13 points, but he's at a plus two. So he's that guy that's out there really helping generate the offense that much more and setting up players for success. So they're top two guys having that, that opposite attack there, but it's, it's Kadari's line more importantly that they can keep them on their heels depending on how they manage their puck, the passing lanes. But if they don't, this are these are players that will very much punish them for it, but it's also Kadari and Toffoli that could be those players that can end up with shorthanded opportunities if they're not clean and crisp and disciplined on the power play or able to get back in motion if they lose the puck within those passing lanes. But I feel like those are things that they can clean up. Um, those are the top two guys that stood out to me the most with this team. And all in all, it's the shots on goal. We've seen that if this team can manage a team like Calgary, for instance, and not allow them to have so many shots on goal within that first period or, you know, leading in every single period, they give themselves an opportunity there when they're overly defending as a team that's particularly more speedster versus physical, as you mentioned earlier, that's where they kind of really lose the game there. And that's the most concerning part with this. But I think after freshly having Kadari and then such a sting as the Stanley Cup finals, they'll have his number, you know, they'll be out there ready to contain a guy like that. But it's fully that I think they need to look at a little bit more tape about and make sure that they're not having him sneak around because um, he's a great two way player but he's also one of the most successful players in terms of setting up offensive plays. He certainly is. And so taking a look, Casey, at those two problematic players, um, the Lightning are going to have their hands full. It's not going to be a given game. Um, this is going to be the game, by the way, for, for Hockey Fights Cancer Night, where the Lightning are celebrating their Hockey Fights Cancer Night. So if you have any lavender, wear that out uh, tomorrow. I know that there's uh, the special jerseys that the guys will wear pregame. Yeah. Um, so really cool. And usually they have some people out at pregame skate um, associated with, you know, Moffitt or one of the other cancer centers around here. So it will be really cool and really touching, I'm sure, uh, in a lot of capacities. Uh, but Casey, do you have uh, some keys for us as we look at what needs to happen in this game against Calgary? I know we've already mentioned a few of the dangerous spots for this team and a few of the dangerous patterns this team has fallen into. But what mm -hmm. do they need to think about whenever they're facing this Calgary team? The first thing that I would say for keys would be that they have to score first um, in order to have any sort of control of this game. Whenever teams have that that really explosive offensive performance as they did versus the LA Kings breaking their winning streak of four games in a row. Um, they can ride high off of that. And this is a team that when they start getting in a scoring pattern, they just have that back to back to back fury about them. So I would say the first key that I 
and I know you can't predict it in games, but we know this team is capable of doing it, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they need to score first versus the Calgary Flames. They have to set the tone with a fast-paced team. We've seen that whenever a fast-paced team gets ahead of them and they have to play catch-up, they do not manage well. Where they – we talked about this also. Key two for me, discipline is going to be extremely important with this team. Their top four players have over 12 penalty minutes. I think it's like 10, 14, 14, 12, 16. So your top five guys of this team that know how to score also know how to piss you off, and we've seen how that's played off multiple times now. Carolina being a specific example, Washington now being an example after that disastrous physical matchup that they had on Friday. So with Calgary, they have some specialists when it comes to scoring, but they also have guys that are very physical. And I will resort back to Kadari. Kadari is a very physical guy who knows how to score. He gets in those tight spaces. Um, he also has a great shot on him. He hits top of the net very well. So after he has a successful play like that, he's going to be in your ear and he's going to be trying to get you out of your structure in your game. So discipline is going to be a big, big key here. And then it's always coming down to special teams at this point. They have to find a little bit more consistency. They need to communicate a lot more. We've seen them kind of make some changes there with putting Victor Hedman on the first line where typically we know him to be, or the first unit, excuse me, guys, um, and then move down to that second unit. And Miguel Sergachev has done so well, so, so well. So I'm kind of going to call on him to step up a little bit more and continue to be the leader that he's been in these last few games. But he needs to be a conductor in this power play and help it be successful and lock down that blue line and make sure that the puck's not getting past him and creating opportunities for shorthanded goals. So that's going to be my third key as consistently as we have that in there. If it's still a problem, it's still a key and it's still going to be a focus point uh, for these bolts to lock in on. So clean up the passing lanes, play with discipline, get off to that, fi that fast start, get on the board first. And I think if they do that, that the other lines will start to get in line. I like the little line change that they had. I think the guys will continue to build off of that and they can contain this game, but it's on them. And that home, that home ice advantage should be that much more of a, of, you know, a buzzer for them. So I have all the faith that they can get off to the faster that they need versus Calgary. Yep. And they weren't really happy with the way that they played the other day against the, mm -hmm. the stars. And so I think that they'll come out a little bit of bite in them as well from that game. Casey, thank you so much. Fans, you can be sure to at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Uh, I'll be at the game tomorrow. I'll be at Morning Skate. So we'll have information for you there. Casey and I will then break down this game, uh, excuse me, the game that is happening, both this game, and then we will have our next episode on Saturday. So tune in, follow Pucks and Bolts wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Odyssey original podcast. So the best place to find it is the Odyssey app. Download the Aussie app, turn on the auto download button for Pucks and Bolts. And then whenever there's a new episode, whenever we're giving you the latest and greatest in hockey news, that will come right to your phone and right to your ears. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her and all of her fun adventures that she's going on <laughs> at the Sports Case. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 